Hey, what's going on, podcast listeners? Thanks so much for coming by. Just a reminder that A Medic's Mind, the book, is available now wherever books are sold. If your particular bookstore doesn't have it, they can get it. I promise you. It's available on Amazon Canada, Amazon US, Amazon UK, and globally. You can get it at Chapters Indigo. Wherever books are sold, you can get A Medic's Mind. As always, I sincerely appreciate the support, and I can't wait to inform you guys that yes, A Medic's Mind is becoming an audiobook and will be released soon. More details to follow. But until then, thank you for the support. Welcome to a Medic's Mind, the podcast. Thank you very much for being here as always. So, uh, yeah, COVID-19 now officially a pandemic, eh? That is uh, probably not the greatest news ever, but uh, I just kind of wanted to start this podcast off with uh, a bit of an acknowledgement. Um, there are still people out on the front lines right now working out there, paramedics, firefighters, police, nursing staff, doctors, things like that. Uh, more so that what I'm referring to is paramedics and, and, uh, you know, the, the first responders on, on the, uh, on the outs, you know, they're not in the hospitals, not, not that, uh, the hospitals are any less, um, you know, uh, valiant or anything like that. It's just, uh, it's unique. It's a unique thing to be on the, the outs and in an uncontrolled environment. So I just want to give a, a huge, uh, you know, shout of acknowledgement to you guys. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Thanks for continuing to keep us safe. Thank you for everything that you do day in and day out during pandemics and during normative uh, structures of, of, of people having emergencies. Thank you. Uh, and I mean that with the utmost sincerity. It is uh, it is not an easy job to do. It is a, uh, at times, very thankless job. And I just want you to know Whoever is listening to this, uh, if you're in in that profession or a profession of similar origin, thank you. I sincerely do appreciate what you do, and uh, I hope that you get home safe to your families and that you guys all make it through unscathed from this thing. Because, uh, yeah, it seems like it's just it's kind of the likelihood of people getting it. I mean, obviously, is is pretty high. the the uh, The transmissibility of this thing is uh, is insane. So, uh, I guess something to be weary of, but, uh, yeah, uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, if I'm able to give you guys a, a brief, you know, 15, 20 minutes of, uh, downtime in between, um, what you have to deal with in this, uh, hopefully I can do that. Um, I do have a blog read for you guys today. Uh, it's called needles and nightmares. And, uh, I wrote it the other night after waking up from uh, a rather terrible, sleep. Uh, and in fact, I'm recording this fairly late at night just because I am still having trouble with uh, the whole sleep thing. But um, yeah, I'm trying. The only thing I can do is try. So 
I figured I would come on here quick and uh, record the intro here and then uh, play for you guys the uh, the the stuff that I have here for uh, um, for for the podcast called Needles and Nightmares and it's uh, about a call that I went to and uh, and and some of the experiences that that I went through on the call plus more so about the the uh, nightmare aspect of it, the things that happened in recent times for me uh, in, in relation to this call so. Uh, I'm going to quit rambling now um, because I feel like I've made an incoherent entry uh, into this beginning, but uh, I'm going to I'm going to let it run. Hopefully you guys enjoy it uh, or take something away from it. It is called Needles and Nightmares and it's coming up right now. Medic one, you're responding. Code four. Story time. was a low-rise shithole. At least, that's how we described it. In reality, it was someone's home. A home I was now standing within. My eyes took in the out-of-date decor and sparse furniture that casually lay about this place. Decades of old cigarette smoke clung to the walls like a cancerous veneer. Overturned beer cases had been repurposed as makeshift end tables and dining tops. The place was carpeted throughout, if you can call what we were standing on carpet. It was more akin to a matted layer of congealed fibers belonging to a mortally wounded living space. No buoyancy left whatsoever. Fucking help him! Do something! Help, you fucking munya! The woman beside me vituperated venomously against my cheek. A police officer held her out of reach. The only thing I was in danger of was her anger. My partner and I had been called to the apartment in hopes that we could save a young man's life. That was not to be the case. The man was dead. The needle, still in his fucking arm. The air was heavy with a sickening sweet heft of burnt heroin. An unmistakable scent once you've been introduced. Beside the man lay a spoon. Charred and ruined. We of course assessed and confirmed what we knew to be true. It was during the confirmation of that truth that things went from ugly to ruinous. You see, it was not only scant furniture that littered the confines of this diseased place. Numerous bodies laying in heaps, sweaty, gray, and pale collections of addicted minds collapsed in all manner of position and posture. A one-bedroom place, housing at least seven or eight people. People that were so fucking high, they had no idea we were even there. Except for one person. The girl who had called us. When we made entry, she was bent near to the body. She was crying and moaning, almost crooning something. She moved out of the way once we had announced ourselves. I believe that she was convinced we were going to bring him back. Whoever he was to her, she needed him returned. 
when we failed to do that, she went from inconsolable to unhinged. But she, too, was high beyond measure, so her movements were sluggish and easily thwarted. While my partner held the angered bereft at bay, I glanced down once more at the newly departed. I investigated his features, navigating his diminutive frame. I did not know this man, but for one brief whole second, I mourned for him. I guess maybe I was realizing the tragedy of it all. I call him a man, but he was barely that. If I was told he was going to be late for class, I would have believed it. When the police arrived, they too were taken aback by the solemn tapestry of this place. When I spoke to one of the arriving officers, informing him that the man on the floor at our feet was indeed dead, that is when the crying woman roared. She felt that I had refused to save the man based on the color of his skin. Thing is, she was referring to the beautiful melanin of this land's people, whereas I saw a man whiter than me. There was no prejudice here, only hopelessness. As the reality of what was taking place began to sink in for her, the more she degraded into a wounded whale, the volume of which is indescribable. It belongs to only that of the recently bereaved. I pray you never have to hear it. By the time the call had ended and my partner and I returned to the ambulance, the sun was beginning to wake. Many people think that the very beginning of a new day starts with an orange glow. It's not. It's actually a bluish gray a hue that blankets everything for a few moments while the black of night recedes from view. That, that very fleeting moment in time is my absolute favorite transition of day and night. I took a few moments to digest everything that had happened. I peered off into the horizon, trying to let the dead go free. A practice I always performed on nights where a dead body was the last thing I would see before going home and crawling into bed. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. I must have lay on my bed for hours. I'm not even sure if I blinked. But by the time I did, it was well past noon. There was now an orange light breaking through a small slit between my curtains. I pried myself in bed, tired and unable to find rest. I showered, shaved, and dressed myself in what I thought to be a somewhat dapper attire. My plan was to go to the pub. My hopes in dressing well was that I would be able to elicit the attention of one or two of the venue's finest dames. I needed their distraction. Their curves, hair, smile, and eyes. Anything to combat the horrid corpses that followed me. For me... The thing about seeing dead bodies was that I was always able to equate whatever deceased person I was looking at in the moment with a body I had seen before, and then that one with the one before it, and so on. Eventually, the dead just stacked and began following me like trailing baggage cars. 
Going to the bar where noise levels were elevated and the visual stimuli was abundant was really the only therapeutic modality I knew how to use. Well, the venue, plus the women. And yeah, the booze too. Now it's not booze. That part is absent from the treatment regimen. Pretty faces, mesmeric curves, and wafting perfumes. Those are still very much on the prescribed list of alleviations for an ailing man and his burdened psyche. I am writing this at 06.55 in the morning. I have not slept. Well, not for long, anyway. When I closed my eyes this evening, the dad trickled in. I heard an angry female voice. She called me a... Munia. Dirty white man. Her voice was the first, but it was not unaccompanied. Soon, more bereft singers joined the choir. Then, the faces. Some bloodied, others swollen by decay. Decay. A god-awful smell. My nose first remembered the sickly sweet of effusive heroin, dancing in a spoon. It hit the back of my throat and then clung to my uvula, binding with my saliva, invading it, hijacking the lubricant. As it descended my throat, it changed, morphed, and evolved. It had now become the taste of the dead, rot and neglect, decay and expiration. It was somewhere within that despicable rumination that I shot forth from bed, not fully awake, however. I know this because standing there at the foot of my bed was a man with a needle in his arm. As vivid as anything, there he stood, lifeless and pale. To my left, a voice neared. An angry, vengeful plea. Help him. Fucking do something. Munia. 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 A repetition that grew louder and louder as the body and needle drew closer and closer. I could not move. I was frozen. My breath, stolen by an ethereal master of kleptomania. And just like that, I am now awake, sitting in a darkened room, listening to the sawing wood of my frantic breath, my skin slippery and soaked, a needle, a nightmare, a goddamn munya. The only thing I can do now is wait for that perfect moment in time, where night fades into day. Letting what has been fade away with the black of night. Allowing the promise of what can be to grow with the rising sun. Today is a new day. And although I am carrying the dead, I am still very much alive. And so I choose to live. But make no mistake. I will find a pretty face. A mesmeric figure. And a wafting perfume. Anything. To combat the ghosts. To take away the needle, the nightmare, and the shrill screams of those who felt I had failed. If you happen to hear this and then see me today, the answer is yes. I am fucking exhausted. But the morning was magnificent. Just for one brief, fleeting moment in time, I was letting the dead go free. Or trying to. Thank you.
Thank you.